0: Hey, everybody. With the Consumer Technology Association, I'm Tyler Suiters. We are the owners and producers of CES, the most influential tech event on the planet. And we are here today to get you CES ready. The big show is January 8th to the 11th, 2019, in Las Vegas, as always. And today, we are talking about smart cities. You may not have seen one or maybe even recognized some of the technologies if you saw them. But this is critical to the way we will live in the future. Uh, We talk a lot and have so much about 5G connectivity and AI woven into the show floor and our exhibits and all of the programming at CES. Those are platform technologies, right? Delivering remarkable innovations and smart cities is one of the places that those platform technologies, that 5G, that AI will be deployed and make a critical difference. So here's a stat for you. More than 50% of the world's population lives in cities right now, all right? It's understandable. Well, by 2050, roughly 30 years from now, 67% of us will be living in cities and that demands some changes about the way we use energy about the way we go about our mobility needs and how we address public safety. So today, a pair of interviews. First of all, Intel, a globally known brand. This is a company that is mining data from the IoT to transform business success and some really cool insights coming up from Intel, I promise. And then on a bit of a smaller scale, a more niche scale, the Smart Cities Council deals with livability, workability, and sustainability, three key elements and three benefits for all of us, once we more deeply adapt to smart cities and see them deployed more broadly across the country and across the world as well. All of that is coming up on this edition of CES Tech Talk. Samir Sharma is the General Manager for IoT Solutions at Intel, and he's joining us now from the West Coast. Samir, it is great to have you with us. Thank you.
1: Thank you, very happy to be here.
0: So it's easy to give your title, General Manager IoT Solutions. Probably a bit more nuanced explanation is required for exactly what that represents and what your role is there at Intel.
1: Absolutely, happy to talk about that. Um, So my role is global. Um, As a general manager, I manage a team that works with cities uh, across the globe uh, to figure out how do we provide the best of Intel technologies to ultimately make the city smarter, which essentially means improving the quality of life for people in those cities. And there are really two parts to this role. One is focusing on new use cases and exciting new end-to-end solutions, but also pulling together the best of technologies from other groups, such as the 5G group at Intel, um, leveraging our uh, investments in artificial intelligence, Uh, Looking at the work we're doing in autonomous driving and ultimately stitching it together into one cohesive narrative So that Intel and its partners can bring forth the best set of solutions uh, For cities to get smarter.
0: All right, Samir. So I am gonna ask you for two definitions I know you're well qualified for this pop quiz. It's not hard But the first is what is your definition of IOT? I think you can have subtle differences for for various sectors within the technology industry.
1: Great question, and IoT basically stands for Internet of Things. Um, Think of this simply as all the different kind of sensors that can go whether into devices like your phone, but also devices like electric meters or cameras for safety or your cars or machines and sensors in an industrial setup or in a retail store. How do all these sensors and the corresponding data come together to give you unique insights into what's going on and how to make it efficient, better over time. That's Internet of Things. So it's about the end-to-end solution all the way from sensors to the network infrastructure that's carrying the bits and the bytes back to the cloud where a lot of the analytics is happening.
0: Okay, so part two of the quiz is, what's your definition of a smart city? Why we're here? Because based on your first definition, it almost seems like a, a perfect case study or use case for IoT.
1: It is, absolutely. And uh, the smart city definition is a bit more complex because it goes way beyond technology. So the way I like to think about it is if a city is utilizing the right combination of policy decisions and technology implementations to improve the quality of life for its people, I would call it a smart city. So the criteria is not technology. The criteria is, is Everything that, being, that is being done, is it leading to an improvement in how people are living? Are they happier? Are they more stress-free as a result of uh, the technology implementation? Now, as it turns out, um, technology is a very valuable tool to accelerate that process, to make it faster, to make it more efficient. Um, in fact, we wanted to make this connection between the technology piece and the sort of the emotional connection that an average citizen would feel when they feel they, when they are living in a smart city. So we instituted a study that basically came back with the data that if a smart city is implemented in the correct manner, an average citizen can save about 125 hours every year. And that's through savings uh, that come from better mobility, so less traffic congestion, easier access to parking, but it also comes through many other areas like Better, more efficient access to healthcare or better productivity. And we all can feel it in our lives, the level of stress that's created because of the lack of time. So that was another way of looking at the same uh, concept of smart city and converting that into something that's a bit more tangible, a bit more understandable for the average citizen.
0: So, Samir, I'm sure everyone's going to groan when I say smart cities are a journey not a destination right it's a it's a hackney that is but, correct but, but that's correct there's an application there right because um, smart cities are already underway we have cities that are becoming smarter right there are examples that are already underway even though we're not at a destination yet
1: you are absolutely right and let me just paint a global picture of what's going on with urbanization before i get into specific examples So globally, as a society, we are adding about 3 million people every week to urban areas. And I think about urbanization in Asia, Europe, US, and other parts of the world combined. That's comparable to the population of Chicago. So essentially, as a global society, we are creating 50 plus Chicagos every year. And because it's been happening for a while, sometimes we tend to become numb to it. But the reality is we feel it in our everyday lives. I talked about issues like uh, traffic congestion, parking, lack of access to clean air. WHO estimates that more than 80% of the people globally don't have access to clean air. So step by step, this overburdening of the urban infrastructure is showing up in an impact to our quality of life. The good news is there are cities across the world who have decided to take on a leadership role and said, We are going to get this under control by, again, going back to what I said earlier, using the right policy initiatives, but also adopting the right technologies. And the top three areas where I see cities investing is around safety, whether it's real safety or the perception of safety. Those are both important for the citizens. Mobility, get me from point A to point B in the most efficient, least stressful way, least cost way possible. And sustainability, whether it's things like access to clean air and water, or better quality waste management. These use cases are coming up in virtually every part of the world. Some great examples of cities that I think have taken a very data-centric, comprehensive approach to these problems would be Singapore. Uh, they've done, they're doing a fantastic job having a data strategy and thinking about how to utilize that data to benefit the citizens. Uh, in the US, uh, you have seen cities like San Diego and Portland and Atlanta, Uh, instrument, things like multi-sensor platforms on top of street-like poles to essentially create a city-wide smart city platform and use those cameras to enable multiple use cases, not just safety, but also things like traffic congestion detection, uh, pedestrian detection for safety in the intersections, and ultimately, even more importantly, making all this data available through public APIs to developers. The analogy I give is we are... If you compare this to the smartphone evolution or revolution, we are at the early stage of that revolution. And once you can create a city-wide smart city platform with data APIs, you can unleash an unimaginable amount of creativity of the developer ecosystems, the entrepreneurs, to imagine and implement the next generation of use cases that today you and I can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: let's go a little deeper on that, Samir. What what can cities do to implement this technology? What can cities do to become smart
1: that's a great question and it's a it's a complex uh, answer right so so what i start by telling uh, when i talk to cities about this i tell i tell them look you have to start by thinking big build out a vision of where you want to take the city but you got to start small because your decision making is complex there are many stakeholders including very importantly the citizens who have to be Part of the process. We have to feel like they're part of the process, but then once you've decided what to do, move fast on that particular project or program. And then I iterate this with feedback from all the stakeholders so that this becomes better over time. The number one thing that I tell them to do from a technology perspective is to make sure that you are implementing solutions that are based on open interoperable standards. There was a study last year that basically pointed out that because some of the cities may choose to implement non-interoperable or closed systems, ultimately it will lead to a wastage of about $341 billion of taxpayer money globally. The bad news is it's a very large number. The good news is by making this simple decision to use open interoperable standards, this wastage is entirely preventable. So the, the other aspect of this technology implementation is to have a data-centric mindset. And by that, what I mean is the cities should be clear about their top pain points and what kind of data do they need to get unique insights so that they can take the right actions to address those pain points. So if you are implementing, for example, a camera for public safety and one of your top pain points is traffic congestion, think about why that camera should not be used, or rather, it should be used for traffic Uh, analysis, and use that information to ensure better traffic flow. Extending this example, it should also be used to detect availability of parking, because we know, especially in the downtown areas, a lot of the traffic is essentially created because people are driving around trying to find a parking spot. And if you can help them find parking quickly, you can improve the traffic flow, you can reduce the amount of air pollution that comes from many cars on the road. So you have the second and third order synergistic effect in a system of systems as you implement these technologies. Yeah,
0: so that's it's very a, important. Yeah, so that's a real example uh, in today's world, Samir, of of uh, smart cities affecting change. Something we can all really get our get our heads around. Um, let's look a bit into the future. Uh, CES 2019 is coming up in Las Vegas. Um, our second year with a f- specific focus on smart cities. What does Intel have planned? Uh, Because I know you're talking about what's in use in cities now, but also what's still to come on smart cities.
1: I am very excited about CES and also equally excited about the fact that uh, your team has decided to focus on smart cities. Because cities and the technology and the implementation and the benefits, it touches all of us. You and I, we are all citizens in our cities. And so I think... I'm very excited about the fact that all the significant technologies that Intel is making tremendous investments in, our partners are helping bring those technologies to the market, like artificial intelligence for analyzing this massive amount of data that will come from cities. Technologies like 5G, because 5G ultimately will be the connectivity, almost the connective tissue of a smart city, linking all these things and devices and cloud together. It is also technologies like autonomous driving. As you know, we have a big investment in uh, Mobileye, uh, which is now an Intel company right. and is one of the is the leading edge provider of autonomous cars, uh, car uh, systems. We have all these technologies available for you. So please come to the Intel booth. You can see these technologies in action. You can talk to the experts uh, who have the right background. But also, we're going to bring in our partners. We're going to bring in uh, our customers together in things like panel discussions and interactive engagements. So you can hear from them as well where they see the whole ecosystem uh, going with these wonderful technologies.
0: Uh, Samir, final question for you. All right, you referenced a potential savings for, for consumers of, of 125 hours a year with Smart City implementation. Um, Going back to the napkin here, that's about 10 and a half hours a month, two to three hours a week. What would you do with an extra two or three hours a week?
1: <laughs> Great question. So I'm fortunate enough to have a job. That is also my personal passion. <laughs> the, work we, <laughs> Got the work we do in smart cities is not just about technology or the economic opportunity. I think it's also the societal benefits it brings to the table. So I think between spending some time thinking about the next generation of wonderful applications and spending more time with my kids. I think I'll use up that time pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, that is is a perfectly positioned smart city expert answer. I love it. (laughs) Samir Sharma is General Manager for IoT Solutions at Intel. Samir, fascinating discussion today. Thanks so much for your time, and, and we'll see you soon at CES.
1: Thank you. appreciate the opportunity and look forward to CES next year.
0: With us now, one of our rare in-studio guests, such an honor to have Jason Nelson with us. He is Executive Director for Partner Engagement with the Smart Cities Council. Jason, thanks for being here.
2: Happy to be here.
0: Uh, Let's dive right into this. What does Smart Cities mean to you? Because you come from a unique perspective on this.
2: Yeah, smart cities is about leveraging technology to help solve real problems within communities, and and we use the city the term cities broadly. It's 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 cities, counties, states, uh, multiple municipalities, wherever there are large groups of people. That's what we're looking in and calling a city. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, obviously, large differences among the three that you just mentioned. Right, let's just take a city and a municipality. I'd assume. The denser the population, the denser the concentration of infrastructure, the easier to implement
2: smart cities. You know, you'd be surprised. I think that we're seeing real leadership right now within some of the small to mid-sized communities. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of the, the the big urban areas got out in front, um, but it's it's really been over the last year or two that we've seen some of those smaller communities really make a, a a real push into smart city technology and leveraging it in unique and different ways that are that are really germane to their needs. And and so uh, we're able. To uh, see those trends, and and we're encouraged by them. I mean, I think that uh, they have. Less constituents necessarily to to, to deal with, mm-hmm. um, you know the the real core challenge with any smart city implementation is just uh, bringing all of those constituencies together from the various city departments, the public works, public yeah. safety, uh, uh, mayor's office, and so forth, along with the local utilities, citizens groups, business groups, bringing them all together to start working uh, on ways that the technology can improve their lives. And so that's where uh, we see there's there's uh, in some of those smaller to mid-sized cities some some easier uh, avenues to move forward. Let me walk you back just a little bit to the term
0: constituents. Um, mm-hmm. For the uni- uninitiated, and I'd include myself in that group, um, yeah. citizens are the first things that come to mind, right? We're the constituents. We're the ones who will be using the roads, uh, taking advantage of the green spaces, uh, riding in the SDVs, whatever it might be. Yep. But from the Smart Cities Council perspective, Uh, When you're talking about municipalities and cities' constituents, and using a lot of civics words here. But you're talking about all the players who are going to make this happen, right? Who are already in place and have to go through some uh, pretty significant technological changes to bring their city up to smart city level.
2: Yeah, when, when you start adding devices into uh, city processes, right, mm-hmm. something as simple as uh, smart streetlights, you know, that have additional functionality like uh, gunshot detectors or public safety cameras or mm-hmm. small cells embedded in them, um, that touches a lot of different departments, right? In, in many municipalities that streetlight might be owned by the local municipality, serviced by public works, uh, illuminating local streets for the Department of Transportation and so you have so many different stakeholders that have uh, responsibility for for the outcome of that solution that it, it has to bring everybody together but but more importantly it has to solve a real priority need for those citizens and it has to be something that that solves a real problem that the city is facing it can't just be technology for technology's sake it has to have a real application so when you talk about a unique situation geography
0: certainly comes to mind right so that unique application could be um, gosh let's think of somewhere like minneapolis or st paul minnesota where uh... weather detection uh... road condition monitoring things like that in the winter months are especially important whereas let's say st petersburg florida is gonna have a, a different set
2: of priority needs Yes, and, and every city is a little bit different. When you look at uh, some cities, uh, sustainability is a huge issue. We've got cities like Miami that are facing the early uh, onset of climate change and, and rising mm-hmm. sea levels and mm-hmm. sewers that are backing up in in, in strong storms. Uh, other cities are, are dealing with congestion and transportation issues. Others are – it's about serving the underserved. They have a, a huge homeless issue that they need to try and fill. Some it's a, it's a digital divide, so there are different challenges within cities all all across the country and so we want to try and help uh, them solve those challenges using technology. There's a real opportunity here for cities to get ahead. You know, we we see smart cities as as a journey, so you're never going to become a smart city. It's about <laughs> getting smarter every day, right? It's about getting better uh, along that progression, but it's it's more than a journey. What we see is is a race. It's a race for economic development, a race for sustainability, a race for improved lives and an, an improved city citizen relationship. And those cities that get out in front of that journey are going to have a huge advantage as they look to uh, capture the benefits of those, those new services.
0: So you mentioned the digital divide, which is a challenge we hear talked about nationally all the time, and, and, and tech is a solution. Um, this is the first time, literally the first time, Jason, I've heard it associated with smart cities, um, other than the idea, and this is a, a broad brush stroke, that uh, the digital divide – is an element that smart cities will have to deal with rather than smart cities being a potential solution? Am I reading you correctly on that?
2: Yeah. So smart city technology, we, we see the opportunity to for smart city technology to create a more livable, workable and sustainable world for all residents. It's, mm-hmm. it's important that we include everybody in that conversation. Um, you know, there was a, a program, I was sitting on a panel in, in Detroit this summer and, and spoke to uh, a number of folks that have actually created a service where they're bringing expectant mothers uh, from underserved communities to their prenatal appointments using a rideshare service. And, and they're, they're they're getting data wow. from the city to be able to help identify those at-risk uh, uh, folks that need help. The uh, technology community is able to come together, provide them ride-sharing, and, and get them to their appointments and, and really solve that challenge of the gap between that, that digital divide that we were mm-hmm. talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned small cell deployment early on. Uh, as in, and It was within the context of a utility pole and, and who has uh, jurisdiction over something like that. 5G seems to be uh, intertwined with the development of, of smart cities inexorably, right? They yeah. are going to go hand in hand. Can you have one without the other? Certainly you wouldn't want to have uh, smart cities without five
2: G? No, I, I think five G is going to be a base level technology that helps deploy uh, so many additional services. There, there are lots of services and there are lots of applications that have uh, no need for that. That for whom a, a an LP WAN system will be more than enough to provide the connectivity. Um, there will be even some data solutions that don't necessarily need it. But we see five G as a foundational technology, and and, and folks like uh, uh, Intel and and AT and T and Verizon T Mobile and all of our, our partners that are working on this uh, issue um, are, are going to be able to help provide that, that foundational support and make sure that there's interconnectivity between the various devices uh, and, and making sure that, that that those solutions are generating real, real returns for the citizens. Well, let's,
0: if you would, Jason, let's walk through, um, I guess I'd call it a future case study, something that hasn't happened yet, but um, you live here in the D.C. area, in Washington, D.C. Do. Um, what does smart city look like when applied to a place like Washington DC and let's set the federal government aside for just a moment <laughs> and pretend right. we're really just another you know one of the top 10 largest and,
2: and most urbanly dense cities around yeah. what goes on here so I, I think with smart city technology um, it's it's as I said, it's about solving real problems within the local community, and so you know there are opportunities to create efficiencies using smart city technology. Whether it's smart parking, uh, uh, smart okay. streetlights, yeah, I'm so smart, smart parking, is, yeah, right. yeah, especially right. here in Washington, right. Right. <laughs> things like that make it a make mm-hmm. a huge difference. Um, but there's there's ways. Studies have shown that it, it increases revenues, it it creates uh, efficiencies on enforcement, and and you know cities are able to redeploy assets that they would be spending on emptying change out of parking meters, for example, to things that are able to better help the citizenry and, and do a better service for the community.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so what else goes into that? You get beyond parking and, and the kind of quotidian issues of day-to-day commuter traffic, right? Like I don't have to <laughs> drive my car. My car will drive for me and I can be much more efficient doing what I need to do on the way to the office rather than waiting until I get there. Right. Um, take us deeper, though. What are the, some of the things we, we, we might not be thinking about there?
2: Well, with smart city technology, I think it's, it's, it's about creating um, that improved city-citizen relationship. So mm-hmm. there are new opportunities to... Uh, you know, everybody hates going to the DMV, right? Everybody hates standing in line. Everybody hates waiting. Um, so if there are ways that we can create uh, a more seamless transition for citizens so that there there are less of those uh, types of, of opportunities, whether it's waiting in traffic or waiting for parking or circling around the block looking for that uh, uh, next parking spot, there are opportunities there to to just, just create a much better relationship. And then what we're seeing in uh, when it comes to economic development for cities, uh, I think we're seeing a really good example of that here in Washington, especially with the Amazon HQ2 initiative. Right, they're they're looking for those uh, to relocate their new headquarters to a place that has those principles of smart city technology already on the ground. You know, if you read the list of what they're looking for. It's all of those types of, of, of initiatives. And so um, we see those winning cities that are advancing those discussions, being able to capture that type of economic development. And, and you know, the, the Amazon HQ2 initiative is a really good one. Uh, it's very high profile, but that's happening at a smaller scale with companies – everywhere, uh, all around the nation, every single day. And so you don't want to lose sight of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. What is the
0: big ask right now um, from the smart city community? Um, is, it, is it a B2B ask? Is it a B2G ask? Um, I'd assume that B2C is is going to have to wait until the technologies are more uh, broadly implemented and then adoption will certainly come.
2: Yeah, so we see smart city technology as something where everyone wins. Um, you know, the, the the citizens win, the cities win. Uh, you know, the citizens get get more time back. It's a smoother relationship. The the city gets additional uh, uh, efficiencies, and then you know the suppliers are able to come in and 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 sell really great solutions that help people. And I think that that's the the sort of triple bottom line benefit that everybody's looking for here. So what we're recommending that cities do is go through a planning process process, bring all of the constituents to the table, uh, the various city departments, the local utilities, the uh, citizens and business groups, and and get them all together to identify what are those core needs within their communities, uh, identify what are the priorities among those needs, and then start to build a systematic plan for how to address those. So that's one of the things that we're trying to do through our 2019 Readiness Challenge Grant. Uh, we're bringing cities to, to to the table, helping them understand uh, the ways that they can leverage this technology, and then uh, start to build those plans for how to take advantage of it. So let's look ahead to CES 2019. Um, what are you looking
0: for? What are you seeking there? Uh, on the ground. Is it a specific kind of technology? Is it a broader understanding among the stakeholders? Um, It's the second year we've had it in Las Vegas.
2: Uh, It's growing considerably. And already significant interest. It was a great event last year, and and I'm looking forward to seeing that additional uh, uh, development of those technologies. I want to see that deeper understanding of city needs. I want to have great conversations, as I did last year, with both cities that are interested in leveraging the technologies in their community, but also with those solution providers that are trying to understand how they can serve needs within those communities.
0: So you're seeing the people that you need to talk to. At CES, it it sounds like that there is a broader recognition on a local or or micro level that this needs to be a discussion
2: we want to have right now. Yeah, and I think CES is a great place for it because we're talking about technologies in so many different realms from connected vehicles to uh, data solutions to all kinds of other consumer technology devices that exist within you know, your cell phone. So the, it's a great opportunity to bring all of those different communities together and, and help them show how they can work for cities. Mm-hmm. Alright, so you are a huge live music fan. I am. And
0: huge may not be a big (laughs) enough adjective, right? Yes. Um, Walk through what life will be like for you on a Thursday evening when you're going to see a live concert after work in a smart city. What does that look like?
2: Yeah. So I think it starts by uh, taking a look at traffic patterns on my phone, identifying the best way to get there. I'd love to see, uh, you know, get a get a ride share down to the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm taking a scooter, maybe it's a bike, maybe it's, uh, you know, calling a, a local uh, ride sharing service and being able to, to get down to the venue quickly, efficiently, easily. Uh, then, you know, if I'm if I'm parking, Great! I'm able to uh, do that quickly and easily. Identify a spot, go right to it, uh, and then when I'm at the venue, I'm able to share over 5G technology or additional uh, the experience that I'm that I'm there, and and everything is connected, Everything's seamless, uh, and there's no uh, hiccups, bumps, or anything uh, along the way. Yeah,
0: I'm glad you added in the fact that you can maximize FOMO from all your friends who aren't actually at there the you concert. Go. You are all right, Jason <laughs> Nelson, Executive Director for Partner Engagement. With the Smart Cities Council. Great conversation, Jason. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Okay, next time we are focusing on C Space. If you haven't been to C Space at CES in 2019, make it the year you go. C Space is where leading CMOs and content creators, Hollywood and media, they all congregate to uncover disruptive trends that are changing the future of brands, the future of marketing and for all of us, the future of entertainment. And our conversation is with a key disruptor, an early disruptor in the music sector, Pandora. All right, we want you to be CES ready. So subscribe to this podcast. You won't miss any of our episodes and you will be CES ready by the time the show comes upon us. It is January 8th to the 11th in Las Vegas. CES 2019 information you need to know is all on our website, ces.tech. That is CES.TECH. As always, none of what you hear is possible without the superstars behind this show, our producer, Tina Anthony, and our engineer, John Lindsay. Y'all are the very best in the business, as far as I'm concerned. I am Tyler Suiters, and let's talk tech again soon.